Thomas Nosek has agreed to a one-year deal with the Devils, and Colin Miller had his first press conference as a member of the Devils organization. I had the chance to ask both of them a few questions recently. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils, and I have some catching up to do because I've been away for about a week. Oh, and just a disclaimer, the New Jersey Devils introduced Nosek as Thomas Nosek, but going forward after this episode, I will refer to him as Tomas Nosek, but I, I was told it could be said either way. But nonetheless, buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. I know it's been a week since I posted an episode, but if you guys didn't know, I went on a brief vacation over to Europe. I was able to go to Paris, France. I went to London, England for a few hours. If you couldn't tell by my beret that I'm currently wearing, if you're watching on YouTube, had a great time. And I also got to uh, see Paddington Station, Big Ben while in London. So I had a great time, but I am back on United States terra firma. And I got some making up to do for you guys because I left you guys hanging without an episode for once again, about a week. So not much has happened with the Devils organization. However, as I was landing in the United States, it was revealed that the Devils signed Thomas Nosek to a one-year deal, and we're going to talk about that signing in the second segment of today's episode. But as promised, uh, in the latest episode, I told you guys that we were going to talk about Chris Tierney, that signing. It was a two-way deal. I said I didn't really have high expectations for him because I believed it was more of a move for the Utica Comets as opposed to the Devils. And then in the third and final segment, Colin Miller finally did his first press conference with the Devils. I had the chance to ask him a couple questions. So I'm going to play you guys those sound bites in segment three. Also worth mentioning that I did attend a no sex uh, press conference. So I'm also going to play those sound bites in segment two. So let's begin with Chris Tierney and this sign for the Devils. Not much to write home about, but here's some background information about Tierney, courtesy of the Devils PR team. So a few days ago, the Devils announced that the team had signed free agent forward Chris Tierney to a one-year two-way deal that was worth $775,000 at the NHL level and $400,000 at the AHL level. The announcement was made by Executive Vice President slash General Manager Tom Fitzgerald. Tierney, who turned 29 on July 1st, spent the 2022-2023 season with the Florida Panthers. He appeared in 13 games. He had two goals, one assist, three points. He spent two minutes in the penalty box. The Panthers AHL affiliate in Charlotte, he was able to rack up three goals, 13 assists for a grand total of 16 points. And he finished off this past season with the Montreal Canadiens. He appeared in 23 games. He had one goal, six assists for a grand total of seven points. The Panthers had signed him to a one-year two-way contract on July 19, 2022, and was claimed off waivers by the Canadians on February 23rd, 2023. He stands six foot one. He weighs 190 pounds. He's from Keswick, Ontario. He has skated in 595 career NHL games. 
He has played with the San Jose Sharks, the Ottawa Senators. And obviously, like I just mentioned, he played this past season with the Florida Panthers and Montreal Canadiens. He has netted 236 points, 76 goals, 160 assists, and accumulated 114 penalty minutes. Tierney set career highs in assists, points with the Senators during the 2018-2019 season, in which he was able to rack up 39 assists for a grand total of 48 points and notch a career high 17 goals during the 2017-2018 season with the San Jose Sharks. He has skated in 40 career playoff games, all with San Jose, and has told 12 points, 5 goals, 7 assists. He was a member of the Sharks' Western Conference Championship team that played in the 2016 Stanley Cup Final. During his last two seasons with San Jose, he was teammates with current New Jersey Devil, Timo Meyer. So a lot of people were bringing to my attention that this possibly could be a replacement for Michael McLeod because Tierney is a center. He's not really the best on the market, but maybe he could put up some solid production. But obviously, like I just mentioned, his best seasons in the NHL was a few years ago. He went from the Panthers to the Canadians. So maybe it could be a low risk, but a high reward type of scenario for the Devils once again. Here are my thoughts on the matter. So Ben Burnell, who covers Utica comments, he recently tweeted out saying that Tierney adds more depth at the center position. And it's been rumored that the comments have been in search for more depth at the center position. And it's a two-way deal, guys. So obviously, if Tierney was hypothetically playing at the NHL level, in order for him to reach Utica, he would have to clear through waivers. We know how that process works. So in my opinion, I don't think this is a move for the Devils. I don't think this is... Michael McLeod's quote-unquote replacement, but I think this is more of a move for the Comets in order to help with their depth situations. And it's a similar story that I touched on a few weeks ago when the Devils signed three players to two-way deals, which is I don't expect much for them if they were to hypothetically play at the NHL level. I think this is more for our AHL's organization. I think this is for their circumstance, their situation. So when it comes to Tierney, I know there's not much to write home about. I know he was a part of the Sharks organization that went to the Stanley Cup final in 2016. I know he was teammates with Timo Meyer. I know he was able to have his best season in the NHL when he was a part of the Senators organization. But at the end of the day, if he was to hypothetically play for the Devils at the NHL level, my expectations for him, not really all that high, but it's not just a him circumstance. It's just been the uh, same tune that I've been carrying for a lot of other players that once again were signed to two-way deals by the Devils during this free agency period. So obviously I don't think Tierney is the answer if Michael McLeod and his situation get a little worse, but that is definitely an elephant in the room that we're going to have to address because Michael McLeod and his scandal with Team Canada from a few years ago, it's resurfacing once again. And if you guys recall, that was a big talking point during the offseason and it was a big question mark going into the 2022-2023 season. Now, I'm just going to give you guys a spoiler. I have no new information on the matter. It was something that I brought up at development camp. I spoke to another Devils insider. I will keep this person's name and affiliate anonymous, but We'll talk more about that in segment two. But before we continue with today's episode, let me tell you guys about FanDuel. So take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from 
the money line to the over and under to who you think is going to be the first home run on, a, on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, so let's talk about another free agency signing that the Devils made recently. And this signing was made official when I was landing back into the United States. And I was able to attend his first press conference as a Devil. And that is Thomas Nosek, who previously played for the Boston Bruins. So like we do with every signing or trade, let's read the background information courtesy of the Devils PR team. So a few days ago, it was named official that the Devils had signed free agent for Thomas Nosek to a one-year, one-way deal worth $1 million. The forward played in 66 games for Boston last season and told 18 points. He had seven goals, 11 assists. His 18 points matched a career high, also the 2020-2021 season, and his plus-minus mark of plus nine was highest of his career. He played in all seven of the club's first-round Stanley Cup playoff games against Florida, registering two assists. It was Nosek's second season with the Bruins, completing a two-year, $3.5 million contract that he signed on July 28, 2021. He stands six foot three. He weighs 205 pounds. He is actually from the Czech Republic. So he actually said during his press conference that he spoke with Patrick Eliash, and Eliash was able to sway him into signing with the Devils organization. So a Devils legend helping the Devils get some more assets added to their roster. But we'll talk more about that momentarily. 309 career NHL games over eight seasons with the Detroit Red Wings, Vegas Gold Knights, and Boston Bruins. He scored 101 points, 42 goals, 59 assists, and accumulated 146 penalty minutes. Nosek has made the Stanley Cup playoffs in every year of his NHL career, skating in 52 career games with Vegas and Boston, totaling 14 points, six goals, eight assists. He was a member of the Golden Knights' Western Conference Championship team that played in the 2018 Stanley Cup Finals. So he said during his uh, press conference that he does have past history with Eric Halla and also Curtis Lazar. So it's nice that, uh, that the Devils are reuniting some players that have some past chemistry. So the thing about Nosek is that I talked about his goals. I talked about his assists. I talked about his points. But there are a few other areas that I want to highlight because – I think this is definitely another under-the-radar move made by Tom Fitzgerald, and I actually like Nosek because low risk but high reward. So last season with the Boston Bruins, he had a face-off win percentage of 59.3%. He also had 31 blocks and 69 hits. So this is going to help the Devils' bottom six, so I'll get to that in a few moments. But first, I want to talk about his experience. So like it was mentioned in the press release during his entire career in the NHL, Nosek has never missed the playoffs. So he has a lot of playoff experience under his belt. So if you guys recall last off season, the name of the game for the devils was yes, to try to get a big name player added onto the roster, but also to find more veteran pieces. So that way, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, all those young guys, could take steps in their development because you cannot underestimate 
the true impact that veteran players make on the roster. Take what Eric Holla was able to do for Jack Hughes. Look what Brendan Smith was able to do in the locker room. Andre Pilat, he has some championship pedigree underneath his belt. So the thing about Nosek is that not only is he a playoff caliber player, but he was also a part of that Boston Bruins team that was very historic last season because they broke the NHL record for most wins and most points in a single season. And yes, they are now infamous for blowing a 3-1 lead in the first round of playoffs. But the fact that Nosek has been a part of a few other teams that made the playoffs, whether it was the Vegas Golden Knights that made a deep playoff run or the Boston Bruins that were consistently in the playoffs, Nosek and his knowledge of the game and also his just... uh, past experience playing in the NHL that can actually have some sort of impact for the devils moving forward. So during his press conference, I had the chance to ask Nosek, what are some of the lessons and ideologies that he's going to take from his past playoff experience and try to pass it down this devil's roster. Here's what he told me. You said you want to win. And obviously you've had a lot of past experience of uh, participating in the playoff games. What are some of the lessons that you're going to take from your past experience and try to pass it down to this devil's team. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I'm getting, getting a little bit more experience than it was when, when I get in the league for sure. And, and when you get older, I think you, uh, you focus more on the mental, mental preparation and trust your, trust your instinct, trust your gut and play your game. and Don't change anything just because it's playoffs. So, um, I think I can I can bring this in and help the young guys a little bit with, with that. So another thing that I want to touch on before we talk about Michael McLeod and his uh, situation is the depth that Nosek is going to uh, have. Because another player that I was actually a fan of the trade was Colin Miller, because I said that Miller is going to add more depth on the right-handed defensive side. And yes, the Devils have a lot of good defensemen that are capable of playing every game and can put up some good production. But the one thing I said is that it does not hurt to have some options. So the thing about Nosek is that he adds more options on the bottom six for the Devils because not only does he have that experience, but I just said his face-off win percentage is very good. He racks up a lot of hits. He racks up a lot of blocks. So I think that can be proven very essential for the Devils because the one thing that the bomb six was able to do a lot last season was that they were able to have some solid contributions up and down the lineup, despite not scoring all that many points. So look at someone like Nathan Bashan. Bashan doesn't really stick out in any particular category, but the fact is simply this is that the five on five numbers do not lie. When Bashan is on the rink, the devils are a better team. Look no further than the month of December when Bashan was out for a significant amount of time that was the Devils' arguably worst month of the season. McLeod was able to have a big showing in the face-off department. Eric Halla was able to do a little bit of everything, and once he got his scoring go- going towards the end of the season, people were starting to see how productive Halla is. And then you have uh, a middle forward type of player in Andre Pilat. Not going to light the world on fire, but at the same time, when the Devils needed him, especially in the first round of the playoffs against the New York Rangers, Palat was able to show out. So I think Nosek, given his experience, what he's capable of doing, I think this is actually a great move by Fitzgerald, and it just gives the Devils more options. So will Nosek play every game? I don't really know. I don't know what the lineup is projected to look like for the time being, 
But I think Nosek is definitely going to have somewhat of a decent role, whether it's the leadership department or the overall productive department. And uh, another thing that I want to add is that he can participate on penalty kills. So he even said during his press conference that he'll do whatever the team needs him to do, whether it's playing the center position or a winger position, he'll be able to just try to help the devils in any which sort of way. And the fact that he adds more depth, he adds more experience. He adds a little bit more physicality and he's able to help in the special teams, obviously penalty killing. I think this is definitely going to be a diamond rough type of circumstance for Fitzgerald and company. And I'm sure you don't want to just hear my thoughts on his overall game. I had the chance to ask Nosek, like, how would he describe his overall game and how is he going to utilize his skill set on this roster? Here's what he told me. You were third on the Boston Bruins in faceoff win percentage and also had uh, 31 blocks and 69 hits. How do you hope to contribute to the roster? I know you touched briefly on it, but I was wondering if you could go into a little bit more detail because obviously the Devils have a lot of uh, good weapons up and down their lineup. Yeah, I, I, I want to uh, want to help uh, any way I can. So if it's a face-off, then it's a face-off. If it's a PK, then it's a PK. If it's a defensive role, if it's a shutdown, the best uh, best line and opposing team, I'll, I can do that as well. And uh, a little bit of offense for sure. I, I, I think I, I, I can produce some some points as well. So. That's that's what I want to do. Okay, so the elephant in the room, like I mentioned in segment one, is Michael McLeod and his ongoing scandal with Team Canada dating back to 2018. So I'm not going to readdress what had happened. I'm sure you guys have seen the, the news coverage during the course of last offseason. If, if you need to catch yourself up, it's all out on the internet. So I personally don't want to readdress it on the show, but it's something that we definitely need to talk about. So is Nosek going to be the replacement for McLeod? Because like I said, he's very good in face-offs. He could be a little physical. He's not really a scoring machine, but maybe he could be sort of a spark plug for the Devils if need be, because McLeod was definitely a spark plug against the New York Rangers in round one of the playoffs. So Like I said in segment one, I talked to a fellow Devils content creator at development camp. I'll leave this person once again and their affiliate anonymous. And I said is Tierney because during development camp, it was announced that Tierney had signed his contract with the Devils. And that's when the theories were going out saying that is Tierney going to be the replacement for McLeod? And I expressed my opinion then and I expressed my opinion now. I think it's more of a move for the Utica comments, but obviously with Nosek, it's a one-way deal and the circumstance is a little different considering the fact that he actually has experience and can definitely uh, provide some good capabilities for the Devils. So I asked this uh, Devils insider the, the tough question and it was a brief conversation, but nonetheless, I just wanted to get their opinion on it, which was, is this player going to be a replacement for McLeod? if things go south with his scandal, because once again, it's being brought up during the course of this offseason. And this person gave me a four-worded response. I don't know, Trey. And unfortunately, guys, that's the answer I could give you. And I know it's a boring answer. I know it's not the answer you probably are yearning for, 
But at the same time, that's the answer I could give you guys, which is I don't really know. I don't know what the circumstance is. I don't really have any more information on it. I think McLeod is one of three players to not release a statement on the allegations. So that's definitely uh, something that we need to look at. And I think the NHL has revealed that once the investigation concludes and uh, these players are found guilty, then suspensions are going to be unleashed. So again, that's all speculation. But at the end of the day, guys, I really don't know if uh, Nosek or even Tierney is going to be the replacement from a cloud. I really don't know. But if Nosek does end up becoming McLeod's replacement, then I think the Devils can sleep well at night knowing that Nosek can do a little bit of what McLeod can do, which is being physical, add more depth, don't need to be a scoring machine. But the main thing that the Devils are going to miss from McLeod if he is suspended is the faceoffs, and Nosek is capable of doing that because, once again, he finished off last season with a – 59.3 faceoff win percentage, which I believe was third on the Boston Bruins roster. So that's my answer for McLeod and where we're at for the time being, which is I have no new information. I don't know what the circumstance is. And uh, obviously it's being brought back into the light. I can't make any assumptions when I don't have any information to work with. And obviously when new information starts to release, I will definitely discuss it on the show. But for the time being, That's the answer I could give you guys. That's the answer I have. And for the time being, McLeod is still on the Devils roster and is still slated to begin the season with the organization, suit up in the first game against the Detroit Red Wings when October rolls around. So that's where I'm at for the time being. And that's the answer I could give you guys. I know it's a boring one, but that's all I could give you uh, in this present time. Okay, so let's talk about another player that was recently signed by the Devils earlier this month, and that was Colin Miller. Now, I already did an episode centered around Miller and his production and why the Stars probably were willing to move on from him for a such a low price because the Devils traded away their fifth-round pick in 2025 for his services, and he just adds more depth on the right-handed defensive side And I think that's going to be proven to be quite essential for the Devils because they lost some capable defensemen in Damon Severson and Ryan Graves during the offseason. But Miller can kind of fill that void because if you guys need a reminder, Miller, once again, has an under the radar impact. So he appeared in 79 games for the Stars. He had six goals, 15 assists for a grand total of 21 points. But we're not going to focus on that. He had a defensive point shares of 4.6, which ranked fourth on Dallas. He had 108 hits, which ranked fifth, 70 blocks, which ranked fifth, and he had a plus-minus rating of plus 23, which ranked fifth on the roster as well. But I think Miller and his performance during the playoffs was kind of the uh, final nail in the coffin in which why the Stars were once again willing to move on from him. But he was uh, genuinely surprised by the move, but he was happy that it ended up being with New Jersey and Nosek kind of alluded to the same thing during his press conference, which was he expected to go back to the Bruins. He said in his exit interview that he wanted to re-sign with the team, but nothing came into fruition. So it's like what I talked about a few weeks back, which is I think someone like Connor Hellebuck is setting the precedent as to why players want to come and join the Devils organization because Their window is just opening. They have a lot of talent on their roster. They have a lot of under-the-radar players. And you get 
uh, also some assistant coaches and Travis Green that want to join the Devils' coaching staff as well. So New Jersey is becoming the central hotspot in the NHL for players that want to come and try to win and possibly capture a Stanley Cup. So I said Hellebuck was kind of setting the example, and now you're getting players like Miller and Nosek who are saying, hey, I want to come to New Jersey, or I'm glad I was dealt to New Jersey, or I'm glad I signed with New Jersey because this team is capable of winning and doing some special things. But digressing a little bit, Miller finally did his first press conference as a member of the Devils, and it was revealed that there was just a lot going on, so they weren't able to conduct one. But I had the chance to ask him a couple questions. So one of the first questions I asked him was like, how did he notice the defensive talent from afar? So obviously uh, I wanted to ask him how does he see himself sliding in, but that was uh, already addressed early on before I had the chance to ask a question. But the Devils have a lot of defensive talent in front of them. You got Kevin Ball, you got Luke Hughes, you got Jonas Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton, John Marino. There's so much talent on the blue line for the Devils. You either get an offensive-minded player or a defensive-minded player. So I asked Miller, like, did he notice anything from afar? Here was his answer. Colin, my first question for you is, as previously uh, mentioned, the Devils obviously have a unique uh, uh, unique uh plethora in defensemen, including Jonas Siegenthaler, Kevin Ball, and John Marino, but also offensive capable players in Dougie Hamilton and Luke Hughes. Did you notice anything about their playing capabilities from afar? Um, I, I wouldn't say anything from afar. I, I would just say, you know, um, you know, for, for Marino and Siegenthaler and guys like that who, who maybe, you know, some people would think that they were underrated in the past. I'd say that, you know, they, they really proved themselves last year. They had fantastic years and, and um, you know, contributed greatly to, to the team's success. So, um, yeah, once again, you know, you're, you're always happy to see that, you know, guys are able to take the next step so easily, um, you know, and, and I'm sure sometimes in different cases, it's just a matter of opportunity and stuff like that. And and they uh, they did fantastic. So um fun fun group to be joining so once again i like i said in my miller centric episode from a few weeks back i expect for miller to carry a little bit of the offense if he is paired alongside kevin ball because if you look at the defensive pairing as it currently stacks the devils have one offensive minded player and one defensive minded player so what i mean by that is like if you look at the defensive pairing of someone like Jonas siegenthaler and dougie hamilton Siegenthaler is going to carry the load on the defensive side of things. Hamilton is going to carry the load in terms of the offense. Then you look at someone like John Marino and Luke Hughes, and this was heavily on display during the playoffs. Marino, stay-at-home defenseman, warrior type of player. We saw him play with a bloody nose towards the end of game five in the second round against the Carolina Hurricanes. And then we saw Luke Hughes joining in on the rush, skating really fast, able to make the right place, looking comfortable out there. But we're expecting for Luke to have a huge surgence on the offensive side of things. And then when we look at someone like Kevin Ball and maybe hypothetically Colin Miller, Miller, even though his offensive numbers aren't really all that impressive, I would expect for him to carry that load and because Ball is not going to score that many points, that's not his job. So once he joins the Devils organization, I think he's going to fit in quite nicely. Now, I did mention the fact saying that uh, I didn't get the chance to ask him like how he would slide in with the Devils roster. Now, like I said, it was already addressed during the press conference how he expected to slide in with the Devils roster. But 
I tried to bring it up once again. I had to rephrase the question a little bit. So it's not the best response, but I did the best I could possibly do because I obviously want to play his answer on my show. So here's what he told me when I said, like, when you look at the defensive players that are already on the Devils roster, how does he see himself fitting in? Here's what he told me. While on Dallas, you had a 4.6 defensive point shares, which ranked fourth, 108 hits, which ranked fifth, 70 blocks, which ranked fifth, plus minus rating of plus 23, ranked fifth. How do you wish to contribute to the Devils since you had more depth on the right-handed side? I know you touched on it a little bit, but I was wondering if you could go into a tad bit more detail. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, I, I don't know if I can. I think it's just, you know, any, anywhere I can help. I think that, um, like you said there in your last question, there's such a good group of, of players back then, back there on the back end, um, you know, it with, with offensive and de defensive capabilities. Um, I think personally, you know, I've been able to do a little bit of both uh, throughout my career. So uh, whatever, whatever kind of role, you know, is needed, uh, hopefully I'm able to help out. So Miller's situation is quite intriguing because it's like the Devils lost Ryan Graves, who was sort of a two-way player. Obviously, he led the Devils in uh, blocks. He was up there in plus minus. He was up there in defensive point shares. And then Damon Severson, who is labeled as an offensive-minded defenseman, but kind of took a few steps backwards in that department because it was for the betterment of the team. But he was still very good in terms of holding down the fort. And he only missed one game, and that was due to punishment. But Severson was obviously still a decent asset on the team. So when losing Severson and Graves, the Devils obviously had a hole to fill. Now, which position is Miller going to take? Like, is he going to be sort of like Graves and be that two-way player? Or is he going to be like Severson, where it's like you're capable of offense, but that's not your main priority? Well, I think, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, the less you ask out of Miller, the better he's going to perform because he was he was actually playing top line minutes while playing for the Dallas Stars. But that's not going to be the case when he's with New Jersey, because I project for Hughes, Siegenthaler, Marino and also Hamilton to fill in that top four defensive unit. So I think Miller is going to be used more as a bottom four defenseman, similar to Severson. And he doesn't have to be the offensive dynamic type of player because in front of him, you got Luke Hughes and you got Dougie Hamilton. So I think for Miller, I think he is capable of producing offense, but his main priority is to just try to have that high production in other categories like the blocks, like the hits, like the defensive point shares. So that's my expectations for Miller. I think the less you're going to ask out of him, the better he's going to perform. And I think Tom Fitzgerald, once again, continues to strike gold. And uh, it's not me being biased in this case. I genuinely like the signing of Nosek. I like the trade for Miller. I think Fitzgerald, he yes, he has been focusing on like the big name players, like getting Meyer at the trade deadline or Tyler Toffoli just a few weeks ago when the situation in Calgary was looking bleak. But I think Fitzgerald has done a phenomenal job of rounding out the roster. And it's something we're going to talk about in a future episode because the Devils did lose a decent amount of players. They lost Miles Wood. They lost Yegor Sharon Govage. They lost Jesper Boquist. They lost Ryan Graves. They lost Damon Severson. But they were able to add to their already stacked roster. But people are still saying that the Devils lost a little too many assets during the offseason and they didn't realize it. But like I said, it's something we're going to talk about in a future episode. But as for today, that's all time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day in New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.
Thanks for listening once again. I am back for the time being, but just a full disclaimer, I will be going on a second vacation in a few days, but I'll have you guys covered because I have a lot of guest stars lined up. So stay tuned on Locked on Devils. Thanks for listening once again.